Praise the Lord. We're so glad to be a part of this end time prophecy. Amen. God bless you. We greet you today in the name of the Lord Jesus. What a privilege it is for us to be gathered together once again in the house of God. Let's turn to the book of Psalms, if you would, today. Psalms 37 and 3. I want to wish all of our fathers a happy Father's Day. May God bless you. I appreciate our fathers. If it weren't for our fathers, we wouldn't be here, would we? I know we're living in an age, probably a couple of years goes on, this holiday will probably be outlawed, won't it? Father's Day, Mother's Day, I guess it'll be its day. I'm not sure exactly how they're going to take care of all that, but since we still believe the Bible, we still have the proper pronouns. Him, his, hers, is that right? It's so glad to, I'm just so glad today to still be in my right mind. We're living in a world that's totally insane, totally insane. Psalms 37, 3. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. We believe this is true. He will give thee the desires of thine heart. Romans chapter 8. Verse 16. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Let me just share this with you. I was reading it to Carol last night as I was studying for today. In the Talmud, which is one of the the ancient Hebrew books, whenever a boy or a girl had reached the age that they were weaned, they would time that about the same time frame that they could be able to talk. So they would begin to recognize who their father was, who their mother was. So they call father Abba and mother Ema. So Abba and Ema. So can you imagine when the Lord Jesus began to teach his disciples how to pray? And whenever he told them, now this is what you're supposed to say. Our, we say English, father, but actually in the Hebrew, it would have been Abba. Our Abba, which art in heaven. Now to a Jew, hearing this, it would have been blasphemy. To call God your daddy, which is what Abba means. Daddy, Ema, means mommy. So to call God your daddy. The apostles themselves must have been overwhelmed when they heard Jesus pray this way. I'm so glad we can pray that way. So the Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Now, if we are children, then this is what we get. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we shout with him. Uh Uh-oh. We heal the sick, we raise the dead, we jump, we run, we scream, we holler. No, we believe in that too. 
but if so be that we suffer with him. We may be also glorified together. Wow. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 10. Listen to the contrast that Paul himself faced as a believer, as a Christian, as a messenger, as sorrowful, yet always rejoicing, as poor, yet making many rich, as having nothing, and yet possessing all things. I'm glad I can see that same world today, aren't you? I mean, I'd like to be remembered as we pray today. Just hold your request in your heart. <clears throat> Abba, Daddy, Papa, we count it such a privilege that we can call you our Father today. We love you so much. We're so grateful that you love us. As we here in our earth today set this day aside for Father's Day. And we know just because a man biologically can father a child certainly doesn't mean he's much of a father. Many fathers would disown their children and have. But you will never disown one of yours. Lord Jesus, we so love you today and we're grateful for what you've done for us. We thank you for becoming one of us that you could make us like you. As we endeavor to look into your word today, I pray that you would help us. You see, our needs, there are many, but our God is so much greater than all of our needs. We pray, Lord, that you would heal the sick, that you would encourage those that are weary, those, Father, that maybe don't know you, in the building today, if there would be one, may they find you. Those that don't have the Holy Ghost, those that just need a refilling, whatever their needs are. Would you be mindful of us today, Father? Help me that I can get out of the way to be able to speak the words of life to your people. Grant it, Lord. And when it's all said and done, we'll give you all the praise and the glory today. In the name of the Lord Jesus. And the saints said, Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. <clears throat> I've been speaking to you about the bride's bill of rights. I hope you've been enjoying it, blessed by it. <clears throat> As I've looked at this, um, I've studied this before, but <clears throat> I've got to say there's a lot that I've found out about it that uh, apparently I'd overlooked before or it was in time or the season for it for me. But as I begin to study, I've realized how many things that God had his prophet to say that was our rights and what is children of God that we are heirs to. And I found it so amazing as I begin to look at it and kind of look historically back a little bit and see what Paul said to the believers in his age and then when you study somewhat and what Arrhenius said and the different church age messengers, as Luther said to his group, what Wesley said to his, and then you see how much more that the Lord had our messenger to say to us than was ever said to any other group of believers in any church age. 
And then you think about that. Why would God so increase the quantity of what was said and the quality of what was said? And as I was thinking about it early this morning, as I was awake before daylight and just pondering about it, and it just was made so real to me that God knew exactly that living in this age of such terrible darkness and sadness and sickness and disease and trouble and turmoil that our world is in, that we would actually need more said to us and about us than any other age that has ever been. When you think of how God in his mercy would cover us with his protective wings of his mercy and give us promises that has never been said to any other generation. Now, Paul was very eloquent, of course, in the words that he used and very blessed of God to be able to speak many languages and to be able to bring it in such a wonderful way, other men of God down through the age. But yet, when you look in comparison to all that we have, they had so very little. And yet, they would go to church, say, today, and by next week, they would have lost their head. They would have went to church today. Them, maybe their wives, their children, would absolutely be thrown into the lines, and they would have been eaten. They would have been totally annihilated. But the volume and the amount of word that God gave them was so much less than us. And you look at that and you think, God and his abundant love and mercy has given to us so much because he knew we was going to need it. I don't mind telling you, I need it more than I've ever needed it in my life. Anybody here with me? Because we realize we're living in such a time of darkness and trauma. And everywhere we look, we look at our nation, we look at our world, and we see the things that our government is doing, our leaders are doing. Uh, I read just yesterday where that a pastor in Germany had stood up in his church and said that God was a queer. He said it's time that we become inclusive. And we start letting people know you don't have to change from what you are, that God loves you as you are. Well, if he loves you as you are and accepts you as you are, the cross was in vain. Oh, sure, he loves you, but he wants to change you from what you are to what he wants you to be. I know that's not very popular, but it's the truth anyhow. And we know that it's becoming greater and greater and the darkness. And we can see that the powers of hell are aiming at our children like never before. Is that right? And whenever we look about and we see that our nation and the world is gone, it reminds me so much as I've studied some historically about the empires that lived thousands of years ago. And when you look at the Babylonian Empire and the Assyrian Empire and the Roman Empires, it changed from a republic to become an empire. And you see that much of what America is falling in line with is not uh, the great, great things that God set forth as a nation, but they're following in the track of the Babylonian Empire, the Assyrian Empire, 
the exact same state of Rome. Now, when Rome started out, it was a mighty thing, just a city that become a republic. And then, of course, it grew into an empire. But would you look and see what eroded Rome and you study it and you can see some of the same things are eroding our great nation. Oh, I know the pundits still called it the greatest nation in the world. And truly, at one time, it was. But she fastly, so fastly, is losing day by day her identification as a superpower We can see it that China is stepping up and taking over what we were. Iran is stepping up and taking over what we were. Don't you understand why? Russia is going to be empowered by a weak leadership in our nation and they will feel that they will be able to take us on and defeat us. But I'm so glad when the bombs go to flying, I will have already flew the coop. I'm so glad, I don't care what they do to the world, what they do, how many names that they write our nation's name on, it ain't gonna hinder me at all because I'm not gonna be here by the grace of God. And God knew that before the time of the rapture would actually come, that we would face so much stuff. And we know that we've gone already over into the grace period of the lengths of our church age. And the prophet could only see as far as he could see by vision was around 1977, which is why he made the prediction that the end would come because he could only see to 77 as far as he would be able to be allowed to peer into the timeline. And then it would become so dark that he couldn't even see beyond that and that he would say, I do not prophesy, but I predict that it will come by 1977. So we see that we've been living these years beyond that to where it was total darkness. How many knows that's where we are? In an hour of such darkness that is on the earth. Now, even though our lives are not participating in that darkness, we're not drinking, we're not running around and doing what the world does, but because it is such a predominant factor, we deal with it every day of our lives. And we need such encouragement from the word and such encouragement from one another as a body, do we not? So God knew and this is why that he would have his word written down so that it would not cease to exist after the first generation. And then what did God do in this day? He allowed his prophet's voice to be able to be recorded. Oh, how I thank God for that. We are the only church age that ever lived that after their prophet had been gone off the scene for decades, that the followers of that message would be able to still hear their prophet's voice. You are a blessed people. So we can be able to go back and hear the rapture the way it was preached in 1965. Now God did that for a reason. And I'll tell you the reason God did not do it was so that it would replace church. God never done it for the reason that people would stay home and say they don't need to go to the house of God. That's right. But God did it for us so we would be able to hear his voice. It's one thing to read a book but it's another thing to be able to hear the voice of that man and the pronunciation and the emphasis and so on that he would put on the statements that he would make. 
And he would say terms about us and things about us that no other messenger said about his people. It would even unfold to the year of 1965 and God would allow Brother Branham to start using the words about a predestinated seed and a seed in your soul which he had never used from 56 on up to 64. Never used it from 47. Faith is the substance, the very first service that we have recorded. All of that span of time, he never used certain words that he was allowed to use the last few months of his life in 1965. And the culmination of the bride's identity was building greater and greater. And it wasn't just for those people that were there, but it was for us. Those of us that have come in the footsteps of those that have laid down the past. And I'll tell you, for one, I appreciate our predecessors and the founding fathers that have taken this message on. Where would we be today were it not for those? I I told one of the brothers the other day, Brother Jerry Phillips, I was talking about his father and his family and some of those that was part of the founding of this church right here over on Roan Hill. Where would we be today? Because I never started this church. I inherited something that was started by others. And if time goes on, it will be the same thing. We will hand it on to another generation. So what do we want to hand them? We want to hand them something that is word-based, spirit-fed, spirit-filled, that still believes the doctrine just like the apostles did in the book of Acts. Is that right? We don't want to hand our children some cold, dead form that all we do is go to church and get our religion done and then we go have a little cake and a little coffee together, but we want our children to know there is a living, resurrected Lord Jesus. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If it goes on another 50 years, we want them to be able to hand to their children and their children that there is a living God that we're not serving some dead, cold form, but we are serving a resurrected Lord Jesus. In that God knew that the bride would need such encouragement. How grateful I am for our founding fathers that in the 1700s would be able to make the amendments to the Constitution and address what they called a Bill of Rights which would give us freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom to be able to express a difference and our leaders would not be able to be as it was with the kings by which they had left England and come here and establish what we know commonly today as our Bill of Rights. It's had many amendments, of course, since it was founded and no doubt it will continue to go on. And I look at the message of the hour not as a replacement of the Bible any more than I look at the Bill of Rights as being a replacement of the Constitution. Now listen to me carefully so you'll understand. The Constitution was set up first, originally signed by the founding fathers, but then they saw a little lack there that they needed to add what they call the Bill of Rights. So in there, the Constitution would define great things by which the nation would be founded. But individual identity, they did not deal with it so much in the Constitution. And after looking at it, they felt like they needed to add some amendments. And therefore, they wrote this and called it the Bill of Rights. I don't know about you, I'm glad they did. 
We understand now in the direction that a lot of our government is going right now that they're trying to take your weapons from you and eventually they will shut you down. They've already got the ability to do it. Maybe not by law, but by pressure. And this is why a lot of our corporations are going woke in the day that we live in because they've got to please not the majority, but the minority. But the reason, as I said here on Wednesday night, that we are not joining the woke move is because we have already woke up. But we're not waking up to the transgender, we woke up to the Lord Jesus and his power. So we're not part of that move and we're not interested in what they are doing. But we are interested in our rights. How many knows that you must know your rights as an American citizen? So if they show up here today and say, we've come to arrest you, especially that loud mouth preacher you got in there, and you all cannot have church Wednesday night. Well, we know what we're gonna do. We're gonna get us one of the best lawyers that we can afford, and he's gonna stand right there and say, you have no right to shut them up. But he blasted the transgender. We've got him saying it, yeah, and so far, it's my rights to do so. And I'm gonna continue to do so. And if they make it illegal, I'll still do it anyway. Well, Brother Donnie, you'll be sold in jail. Won't be the first time I've been in prison. At least this time, I was on that side of the bars. Next time, I might be on the other side. But I'll still be preaching the same gospel because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So God wants his people to be able to understand their rights so they can be able to stand up and claim what they are. I love the way Paul says this in Romans 8, 16. For the spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, now notice the little two-letter word, if children, if children, then heirs. So another right that we as the bride have is the right to be an heir. Now, most of us are not rich people. We're not wealthy people. And if we would get a little thing, when my mom and daddy died, they didn't have hardly anything. We sold their place. And they, each one of us wound up with a couple thousand dollars a piece, something like that. And that was pretty much it. It wasn't that much. I got a little bit more because mom and daddy had bought our place in Kentucky and had never paid us for it because it's poor and they couldn't afford to do it. So they put it in their will that I was supposed to be paid for that amount. I didn't get no more because I was the firstborn. I just got my portion like Harry and like the rest of my sisters and my other brother. But I was not, you know, even though it wasn't that much, neither was any of the rest of my siblings gonna say, well, I really don't want mine. We all know how people are when it comes to money. Now, people will fall out with one another when it comes to money and material goods. Uh Uh-oh, I realize I broke the amen channel right there. So people will, will fight. They will separate with friends, with family when it comes to money. And well, that, that's mine, that's mine. I've got a right to that. And yet when it comes to our spiritual rights, it's a real shame to me that we let the devil kick us around like a tin can down the road. We let him stomp us. We let him talk us out of our blessing. And if it was a thousand dollars, you'd stand there and say, this is my thousand. Daddy wanted me to have it and you ain't getting it, Bubby. I love you, sister, but that's my thousand. How much more are you to stand for your rights in Jesus Christ? Not just for $100 or $500, but to be able to stand for what the Lord God has made for you. He paid the ultimate price. 
So if children, then heirs. So if we are heirs, we will be treated as sons and daughters of God. An heir is one who is able to become a part of an estate. Now I want you to notice now the way that Paul mentions this. And if children, then heirs, notice what you're heir of. Heirs of God. So what you get is God. Notice he doesn't say heirs of his blessings, heirs of his peace, heirs of his healing. To the bride, she gets God. Heirs of God. So what did you inherit from your mother, your father, your grandpa, your uncle? Well, I'm heirs of his estate. Well, he had a McCullough tractor. He had an old mule named Bob and he had a lamb named Susie and he had, you know, this and that and the other. Well, you become heirs of what he had. Well, God give us what? Heirs, we are heirs of God. So I inherited God. Hello, I inherited God, you inherited God. Deity, predestinated seed, eternal life. Now can't you see the difference between the bride and the church that the bride inherits God. But what does the church get? Salvation from God. What does the church get? Oh, they get healing and they get a lot of blessings. Yeah, that's all well and good. And they say, thank the Lord. The Lord blesses my business and the Lord does this for me and that for me. That's all well and good. But the bride gets God, not his blessings. I don't just want his gifts. I want him. And if I get him, I get gifts too. Now notice so then we are heirs of God. So God himself is his greatest gift. The loftiest blessing that we could ever inherit is to be able to inherit God. So we receive as our portion God. So my portion, your portion as believers is not, well, praise the Lord, I got saved and I I got the gift of healing and I got the gift of faith and and I got set free from smoking. Oh, that's wonderful to testify that. Thank God for that. But what is your inheritance? What is your portion? Well, I got salvation. Well, that's good, but what, what about the Savior? Did you get him? Well, I got salvation, and and, and I got this, and I got that. Notice what a lot of people thank God for. I thank God for healing me. That's good. We ought to thank him for that. And then many of them will get healed, and they go right back to living a sinful life. You know why? They got his blessing, and apparently didn't get him. But the bride gets him, which means she gets everything inclusive with him. So our father is our portion. Now, a human father can disinherit his son or his daughter. So the son would do something to make daddy mad and daddy makes a different will. And then he goes right ahead and he leaves Paul out of the will or Donnie or whoever more. And he says, you know what? He made me mad. I'm taking away from him. I was gonna give him this and I was gonna give him Bob the mule. I ain't giving him nothing now. I was gonna give him this, that, that. I ain't giving him nothing. I disinherit him. I'm giving all of Donnie's portion to Harry. 
but Almighty God cannot by his own sovereignty ever, oh glory, ever disown one of his own attributes. Totally impossible. Now notice he says then if we are children, we are heirs of God and joint heirs, notice how he says this, joint heirs with, joint heirs with Christ. So what did Christ get? God. So I want you to notice this must have been overwhelming to the people of that day when they heard this and them knowing the laws of adoption, of course, and the way that they was able to receive an inheritance that Paul would say that we heird God and then we are joint heirs with Christ and he put Christ on a basis of brotherhood with the rest of the family of God. So you mean us and Jesus get the same portion? We are joint heirs, joint heirs, equivalent basis, joint heirs with Christ. And somebody said, if so be that we suffer with him that we may be also glorified together. So partaking of the same eternal glory. I want you to notice this, those of you that are familiar with the Bible, you know this, in 2 Chronicles chapter 21, verse three, and it's speaking about Jehoshaphat. And their father gave them great gifts of silver. So Jehoshaphat now has many sons. And what Jehoshaphat does, he divides his kingdom and his riches and his treasure among his household or his family. So to one son, he gave him the entire kingdom. To the rest of the sons, listen what they get. And their father gave them great gifts of silver and of gold and of precious things and fenced cities in Judah. But the kingdom gave he to Jehoram because he was the firstborn. You mean so all of them had the same daddy. So Jehoshaphat is the father of all of these boys, but Jehoram got the entire kingdom. And what these other guys got was a little bit of silver, and a little bit of gold, and a little town over here, a fenced city, a fenced, walled up, denominational city. I'm glad that's not my inheritance. Now some of y'all been there, you know what I'm talking about. When many of those people be saved, they will be saved. But I'm glad I didn't get a fenced city. I got a free country, a free message of the hour. So notice what the Bible says then, but the kingdom, the kingdom gave he to Jehoram because he was the firstborn. So the Lord Jesus was the firstborn of God. What do you mean, Brother Donnie? Well, he was the beginning of all things. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and all things were made by him, and was not anything made that was not made by him. 
So he was the very existence of the eternal coming into an expression of time. You follow me so far? So God wanted to make himself tangible. So God gave birth to a son, not a little boy, not an inferior God, but the word. So in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and the same as in the beginning with God, all things were created by him. Is that right? So God gave birth to his word. So how did that come about? He spoke. And when God spoke, that was giving birth to the firstborn of the new creation of God. So God gave birth to a son. Now keep in mind, God was not an old man and then God somehow created a young man. God was the invisible. As Paul said now unto the eternal, invisible, immortal, only wise God be dominion, power, and glory forever. So God gave birth to a son. I ain't making this up. It's question answer in 1953 if you'd like to check it out. So God gave birth to a son which was the expression of his word. That son would have been the heir of all things. But that son, that humanity of God later came to the earth and he said, I want to share everything I have with my brothers. I was made the executor of my mother and father's will. By the law of the state of Kentucky, I could have taken a larger portion. That's the law. But I love my brothers and sisters and I didn't want that portion to separate us for the rest of our life. (laughs) I didn't figure I deserved it, no way. But by law, I could have done so. So the firstborn, the right to the firstborn, the Lord Jesus could have kept all the healing, all the mercy, all the deity, all the power, all our glory, all the glory, but instead of him wanting to keep it for himself, he said, I want my brothers. I want my sisters to share with my glory. I want them to bear the weight of eternal glory. So he said, he anoints Paul. You imagine Paul must have been so overwhelmed by the heaven when the Spirit of God struck him and he wrote this down. And remember, Paul had no other scriptures to reference this with to check and make sure that what he was saying lined up with the Bible. Nobody else said this but Paul. Well, I'm sorry you didn't know that. Nobody else said this. You see, I believe that a prophet of God not only interprets the written word, but a prophet of God is called to be able to write down that which is not even yet written. If you don't believe that, you don't believe your Bible. Because Paul wrote things in the New Testament that neither Peter, James, John, nor none of the rest of them wrote, nor did they write in the Old Testament and verify. Well, come on, saints, it's the truth. So God wanted himself to be able to share this glory with us. Now notice in Galatians 3.29, if ye be Christ, which is not plural but possessive, then we ye are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Again, Titus 3.7, that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope 
of eternal life. Hebrews 1.14, are not all they ministering spirits, talking about angels, now listen to this, who are sent forth to minister to them who shall be heirs of salvation. So the angels of God are sent to minister to you to be heirs of salvation, eternal life and the blessings of God. James 2, 5. Hearken, my beloved brethren, hath not God chosen the poor of this world, rich in faith, and heirs of the kingdom, which he has promised to them that love him. 1 Peter 3, 7, the advice to married people. Likewise, ye husbands dwell with him, speaking of the wives, according to knowledge, give honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, as being heirs together of the grace of life, heirs together of the grace, what a beautiful passage, of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. So God don't want us to be able to just walk around down here on the earth and well, I'm saved and I don't guess I'll get nothing else till I get there. He actually wants us to enjoy his kingdom while we're going that way. Now, listen, as Brother Branham says it this way, you know, if I bought a home and it was mine and I'd go through the thing and see what I had, I'm just kind of a prospector. I like to dig around and find out what I got. I'm an heir of salvation. I'm an heir to divine healing. I'm an heir of heaven. I'm an heir to the earth. I'm an heir, a joint heir with Christ in all things that I like to look through his book to prospect and see what all I'm an heir to. So that's what you need to do when you read your Bible is you're looking through your Bible. It is your personal gold mine. So you want to read through there and find out what belongs to you as a believer. Well, Brother Donnie, will it fall right out of heaven, right in my lap? No, you'll have to fight for every inch of the ground you get. Notice again in Abraham's seed. You're heir to it, heir of salvation, heir of divine healing, heir of every redemptive blessing that Jesus died for. You are the heir to it for you are Abraham's seed and you're an heir of the whole thing. Oh my goodness, the world better enjoy this earth while they got it because we're fixing to take it over. Again in Jehovah Jireh, I am an heir to all things through Christ. I'm an heir to my healing. I'm an heir to my joy. I'm an heir of salvation, purchased of God, born of the Spirit, washed in the blood. Yes, sir, I'm an heir. I'm a child of the King. I'm a son of God. Everything that God promised is mine. I'm a joint heir with the Lord Jesus. Amen. Now, I'm going to see how many of you will say amen to this. Possessing all things in 1962. Did you notice here in 2 Corinthians, Paul said, even of death, we possess death. Death don't possess you. You possess it. It is not your master. He said death come to get him when he was sitting up on that bench and he shot that rifle and it exploded. He said, but Jesus sent him back empty handed. 
I wonder how many times death has come to get you with a sickness or a flu or a car wreck or whatever more and death come to get you and Jesus said, oh, I know death. It ain't his time yet. It ain't her time yet. Back off, death. Back off. Oh, glory to God. Why? Because we even possess death and the grave. Oh, well, glory, he said, I've done forgot about that explosion of that gun. He said, why didn't it kill me? Because it couldn't. God wasn't ready. He'd come as much as he wants to, but he can't take you. Glory, I paid my debt for that a long time ago when I believed on Jesus Christ, who's alive forevermore. Now death listens to what we say. So if the devil tries to take you, you say, hey, buddy, listen to me. I'm not leaving this world until my father says it's time for me to come home. But I'm a cancer. I'm a TB. I don't care what you are. You are not going to take my life until Jesus Christ is ready for me to go because I possess death, not death possessing me. You say, a possessor of death? That's what Paul said here in Corinthians. Death, we even possess it. While when they was fixing to cut his head off, he said, oh death, where is your sting? Show me where you can scare me. Death said, I'll squeeze you down and put you in the grave and you'll rot and canker. And Paul said, but thanks be to God who gives me the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Death, hell, and the grave. Listen, that is what he said. I possess it all. Hallelujah. Now one time hell possessed you and you lived under the influence of hell, but not no more. You possess it and you say, out of my way, hell. Out of my way, death. Out of my way, darkness. You ain't got no claim on me. Oh, praise the Lord. I'm an heir of divine healing. I'm an heir of joy. How many needs more joy in your life? Friends, we are living in a sad time. We're living in a sad world. We're living in a very sad, sad time in the age that we're living when there's so much darkness all around us and Christians find it hard to be happy. I know, I know, me too. You see so much sickness and you see so much death and so much heartbreak and so much going on, but I still believe we can have joy right in the middle of trials. I believe we can have joy unspeakable and full of glory right whenever things are going wrong and upside down it seems like. Listen to what Brother Bram said. I'm an heir of joy. I've got a right to be happy. Wow. I've got a right to be happy. Is that your right, Brother John? Is that your right, sisters? Is that your right, brothers? So you're going to let the devil steal it from you? Now listen, I love the way he answers himself. He said, I've got a right to be happy. So he said, in the form of a question, so what makes you so happy? Listen to this simple, tremendous answer. 
I've got a right to be. <laughs> so it had nothing to do with the temperature, had nothing to do with the weather, had nothing to do with the thermostat on the wall if you'd like to froze to death in church or burn up like I'm doing right now. It had nothing to do with mama didn't fix your favorite breakfast for Father's Day. It had nothing to do with your job. It had nothing to do, do you understand why we base so much of our happiness on things that are around us? Instead of basing it upon this one thing, you've got a right to be happy. That's why you can be happy. Because the Lord Jesus purchased your right. Why? He was happy himself. And he said, I want to share my happiness with my family. So he says, children, I'm going to give you a right. Here you go. I'm going to give you a right. Well, so, oh Lord, why am I going to be happy? Why am I going to be happy? Because I give you this right to be happy. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I, I'm going to be happy because he gave me the right. You see, for most of us, we don't understand that. We're constantly controlled by the things that are around us. Preach, Brother Donnie. Oh, glory. So what makes you so happy? I got a right to be. How do you know? Because I'm an heir to it. Amen. Woo, he says. Now I feel religious. I'm an heir to happiness. I'm an heir to joy, I'm an heir to peace. I'm an heir to eternal life. I'm an heir to the Holy Spirit. I'm an heir to every evidence it's got. I am an heir to the authority of God. Who made you that? Not me, he did. Every one of you is an heir to the same thing. Wow. Notice he says, I am an heir to a throne. He that overcometh shall sit with me and my throne as I have overcome and sit down with my father in his throne. An heir to all things. Not just one thing, all things. Everything's under your feet. Now, this is going to take an understanding from God to help you to comprehend what I'm fixing to read to you. Even death is under your feet. The grave is under your feet. Hell is under your feet. Sin is under your feet. Everything is under your feet. You are an heir. You are dead and your life is hid in Christ through God. There you rose again to eternal life, sitting in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And he says that again. He's getting plumb beside himself, honey. Call us anything you want to. Say we're crazy if you want to, but we are heirs. Heirs to what? All things. Well, Brother Donnie, I've been waiting now for 37 years because actually I had a great, 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 great uncle that was part of the Campbell Soup Corporation. And his estate has been in the courts, you know, for about 385 years now, something like that. And I'm just waiting for the day when I'm going to get my money and then I'm going to change my life. 
I'll tell you one thing, I'm gonna buy me a house, I'm gonna buy me a car, I'm gonna do this, that, and other. If I was you, I'd get a job. And forget about the Campbell Soup thing, just go to the store and buy you one. Just go ahead and buy you one. More likely, even if you was an heir, it's been so long, you'll never see one dime of it because them lawyers will get most every bit of it anyhow. Oh, but brother, sister, we are set up in such a way that the Lord God became our personal lawyer. So there ain't no crooked lawyers in this deal. He became our personal lawyer. He don't want no cut. He don't want no commission. What he wants is for you to have everything that has your name on it. Healing and joy and power and peace. Oh, but I fight so much depression. You don't have to. You don't have to be depressed of the devil. You can have joy. You can have peace. You can have happiness. You can be so filled with the Holy Ghost that the devil don't even know what to do with you. I love this in the church age book. Don't fear, John. Don't fear, little flock. All that I am your heir to, all my power is yours. My omnipotence is yours as I stand in your midst. I have not come to bring fear and failure, but love and courage and ability. All power is given unto me, and it is yours to use. Listen to this. You speak the word, and I will perform it. That is my covenant, and it can never fail. Don't you see what you got? You got God. You got God. Oh, my, my, my little old experience. You got more than an experience. You got God. His power is ours. His omnipotence. So what happens when two omnipotence meet? But instead, we sit around, well, we're going to go to church today. I don't know, I'm awful down. I'm awful low. I've had a bad week. Sounds like you really need to go to church bad. That's the best time to go to church and you don't feel like going to church because if you go to church, you might get something from church but that's your church. Oh, but I think I might go to Roan Mountain. Go to Roan Mountain, actually go to church and it'll be a whole lot prettier to you. Well, I think we'll go down to, 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 we'll go down to Dollywood and just have a day off. Come here and fight the devil, then go to Dollywood and it'll be a much better day. Why? Because you will get quick into what you are and who you are in Christ Jesus and you can see this is my right. I'm sick of the devil stealing my joy. I'm sick of the devil putting depression on me. I'm sick of the devil making me so sad. I'm fed up with the devil. I'm fed up with the devil. Get out of here. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 
Listen, if there's anything that Satan's put on you in the way of sickness or whatever it is, every born again person has an abstract warrant. Now, not a title deed, but a warrant. For, 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 for what? For the devil's arrest, of course. He won't fly into the courthouse the way Trump didn't either. His great big old 767 or whatever it was that he is a flying and on to all the splendor and all the glory. When the Lord gets down with the devil, he's gonna fry his hide in hell. I told him not long ago, I'll be so glad when you ain't no more cause you are a liar and you are a thief and you are a deceiver and when you ain't no more, I still will be. When there ain't no more cancer, you will be. When there ain't no more trouble, you will be. And we wanna serve a warrant on the devil today. Every born again person has an abstract warrant. A warrant from God. And the Holy Spirit is here to put any devil No matter if he's cancer, tumor, cataract, whatever it is, the Holy Spirit will put him out if you'll serve notice on him in the name of Jesus Christ. So you've got the warrant, the promise of God in your heart and you say, back off, devil. Here's my warrant. You have trespassed on my body. You've stole cells in my body. You've stole the peace from my mind. You've stole the peace from our family. I've got to warrant right here in the name of Jesus. Get out. You hear so much of in the day that we're living that if you abandon your house or your apartment, or you're taking a tour, say, to Rome, wherever, and you're gone for so many days. Our crazy government has given a lot of these people a right to go in and move in your house. And they call it squatter's rights. And once they get in, it's nearly impossible to get them out because you abandoned your house and you was gone somewhere. Well, this, I've got the title D. Right here, it's mine, but you were gone. And you was gone long enough to give this squatter a right. Y'all heard of that? I've been reading some of the stories about what they've been doing to get rid of some of them squatters. I thought, uh-huh, uh-huh. Sounds like something we might need to do to the devil. Yeah, some of them hook up an electric cord to the doorknob. Yeah, there's all kinds of things you can do by law to get rid of that squatter. Well, that's the way he's done some of your homes. That's the way he's done some of your bodies. He's moved in and said, well, he let me, she let me, they allowed me to do it. You need to hook up not 110, but a Holy Ghost power of God to the doorknob, and when the devil touches that door and says, I'm going back, he says, what in the world hit me? Baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire. Out of here, devil, get on back to hell. Leave my body alone. Leave my daughter alone. 
Brother Donnie, the older you get, I believe the crazier you're getting. Well, good. <laughs> Brother, when you got a courage enough to step up and toe to toe the line with the devil and scat him off. What a great theological term. If I went to my house tonight and I got a legal deed from my house and if I went in there, someone was laying in there drinking and carrying on, I'd say, you have no right to get out. Get out of here, friend. Well, they'd say, this is a house for human beings. I've got a right to be here. I'd say, you do not. I possess this house. It's mine. Well, they'd say, I've got a right. Just like sickness entered a body or a sin. So well, the other ones drink, the others do this or that or the other, but he has no legal rights. So I can take my abstract deed and go down to the courts and say, looky here. Someone has moved in here that doesn't belong here and this is mine. It belongs to me. And the law would come up and put them out because I have an abstract written deed to the property. Brother and sister, We have an abstract written deed tonight to salvation, to divine healing, and the devil has no rights. No rights. Trust God and the Holy Ghost to put him out. That's all I say. I feel religious right now, he says. Boy, he was getting plum religious, wasn't he? Brother, we need some more Christians, not jellyfish. Jellyfish but with a backbone that'll stand. Oh, I don't mean to fuss with people, but stand your God-given rights that Christ died for, certainly. Not be pushed around, no sir. We got an inheritance. Our inheritance belongs to us and it's your privilege, amen, to have anything Jesus Christ died for. Yes sir, Satan said, I'll tell you one thing what I'm gonna do. No, you ain't. That's the way to talk back to him, he says. So when he, I'll tell you what I'm gonna do, he said, shut your mouth and get out of here. I'll tell you what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna know you ain't gonna do nothing, you ain't got no rights. Well, glory to God. That's the way to talk to him, say, I know my position in Christ and you thought you'd get away with it, but you ain't gonna do it. We act like Satan is our boss. There's a great difference between being a boss and being bossy. Dear Jesus, help me. A lot of folks are bossy. You need to do this and you need to do that. You need to do something else. And you look at their own life and their own life is torn all to pieces, but yet they know what you ought to do in every circumstance of your life. I personally have a little bit of hard time being able to take advice from people that can't take advice from others. Thank you, Jesus. A leader that cannot be led is not a God called leader. A leader which says he's a leader which cannot take godly advice from other leaders, there's something wrong with that leadership. Shame on you if you follow one of such. So Satan is not your boss, but he does talk bossy. 
like, you need to do this. And I'll tell you one thing, you better not get up there and shout. They've got them video cameras everywhere and somebody will see you on YouTube. Well, let me smile like everything. Hello. Hello, you YouTubers. Hello, all of you out there. We are filled with the Holy Ghost. We believe in the power of God. We've got a right to our inheritance. Let me tell all you too that we are not compromising. Our Lord Jesus is not dead. He's alive forevermore. And we've got a right to our inheritance. Listen how Brother Branham talks to the Lord. Now, Lord, wilt thou let Satan hold your people? God forbid. Rise, O Jehovah. Rise. Let thine eyes turn toward this people tonight who is confessing Oh, Lord, ride upon the clouds. You who come on the winds of the morning, come riding into this building, Lord. Show Satan who's boss. (laughs) Jesus ain't bossy. He is the boss. A lot of bossy people have no authority. You know that as well as I do. But Jesus is the boss and has authority. Lord, would you let Satan ride over your people? I sat and studying yesterday in the hospital. Sitting there for the service today. As I sat there going through the scriptures and the quotes, looking at every quote about right and rights and all of that. <coughs> and I found where the day before I was sitting there, <coughs> and I found where Brother Branham was going to pray for the people. Now he said, I'm going to say this, and I want you to pray it. He said, surely if God has manifested himself in this service tonight, I will know the words that it takes to defeat Satan. So I said, I'm going to say it, and I want you to pray it. I copied, pasted, sent to Erica. I said, I want you to say this every day, multiple times during the day if you've got to. Lord God, you are my Savior. So he starts out, and he's telling them. Now he said, and we'll believe it. Every sick person in this building can be made well right now. Oh, Lord God. Hallelujah. Why? Because he admitted. And whenever he's praying there, he tells the devil, Satan, you know you are defeated. You know you are defeated. So here he is saying the words. Saying the words. Do you believe words have value? Do you believe the words you say have power behind them? Whether it's positive or negative, we need to get rid of a bunch of this negative confession. I'm no good. I'm rotten. I'm low down. Shut that garbage up and say, I am a child of God. I am an heir of God. I am a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Show Satan who's boss. Take over, Lord. 
Take over, Lord. Now as your servant standing here in your place, I rebuke the devil that's binding these people. Thou demon, as a servant of Jesus Christ, I adjure you to leave this entire building. Come out of the people. Leave them in Jesus Christ's name. But Satan wants to say, you can't do this, and you can't do that, and you can't go there. Tell him, you're not my boss. Now don't you sit there and look at me like that ain't words you ain't never used in your life. Most of us started using whenever he's that big. Isn't it amazing you take a little three or four year old boy or a little three or four year old girl and they say, you ain't my boss. You ain't my boss. Where'd we lose that at? Yeah, ain't so-and-so tell them something, you ain't my boss. Well, we might need to do that to the devil, except we might need to roar like a lion. You ain't my boss. Don't sound like a little pansy or a weakened. Oh, you sisters, get a little growl in your voice and say, back off, devil. You ain't my boss. You are not my boss. You may be bossy, but you ain't my boss. You may tell the devil all the demons what to do. You may tell hell what to do, but you don't tell me. Let me close. That day on Calvary, we are given to know, Lord, that if we have any rivers, we cannot cross. If we have any mountains, we cannot go through. Thank you, Lord. God specializes in doing things that others cannot do. That sounds like a song to me. Hallelujah. If we have any rivers that we cannot cross, if you have any mountains we cannot go through, God specializes in doing things that others cannot do. You are a specialist on the job for you know the reason of that day on Calvary, you being God the infinite one, you knew the hour must come and when it was fulfilled, you showed that you were God and you showed who the boss was. He showed Satan who was boss. Let's stand. And yeah, I am your boss right now, so stand. (laughs) Hallelujah. Has sickness bound you? Disease? And the boss says, this is what's going to take you to the grave. You know what? I like to ask him, so when did you start working for God and he gave you got his ear? When did you start working for God and he told you what's going to happen to me? If he's got something for me, he'll tell me. Bossy outfit. You come here, you got that, get to this. You need to say, shut up. You are not my boss. Jesus is my boss and my boss told me to confess his word even when I don't feel better. My boss told me, speak my word and I'll perform it. Don't you love him, children? Have we all been guilty of listening to the bossy one instead of the boss. Oh, he thinks because he was your former boss, he can still tell you what to do. You need to tell him, you need to tell him and let him know, I don't listen to you no more. I listen to Jesus. 
Oh, hallelujah. How many has a need today? Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads together. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we bow our heads to the dust of the earth from whence we were taken. We acknowledge today we are humans, we have fears, failures, faults, flaws. We need your help like never before. Lord, it's a discouraging time. So much sickness, so much disease, so much trouble, so much heartache in the world that we live today, Father. We're asking you, Lord God, that you'd move among your people here today. Not only those that are here visible, but Father, those that have streamed this service, no matter where they are. Maybe Satan's trying to divide that man and his wife, cause trouble in their home, trying to pull a child away from its parents. Lord, that, that devil trying to move in on somebody's body and try to convince him he's got a squatter's right to live in that house. Lord God, whatever their needs are today, I pray in the name of Jesus, help each of us, Lord God. We are so needy of you, Lord. We cannot imagine living one hour in this life without you. We need you like never before, dear Jesus. Would you help us, Father? Lord God, hallelujah, hallelujah. Help us to understand the difference between a bossy devil and a boss, Lord Jesus. Now lay your hand on the person standing by you. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we have our hands laid one upon the other. Satan, in Jesus' name, you are defeated. Sickness, lust, disease, oppression. In the name of Jesus, take your hold off of God's people. You are defeated. In the name of Jesus Christ, come out of them, Satan. Leave them. Go to the hospitals this morning, Lord. Go into the living rooms, the kitchens, wherever people are streaming this service, their home, their automobile. In the name of Jesus Christ, may Satan's hold be broken. Father God, we are heirs. Not just saved from hell. We are heirs. Heirs of God. You are our portion. Hallelujah. I've got a right to be happy. I've got a right to have joy. I've got a right to be free. I've got a right to worship, to praise. I've got a right to enjoy the blessings of God in my life every day that I live on this earth. Help me to fight, Lord. Oh, help me to not be like a jellyfish, not here and there, 
but to have a backbone as a Christian, Lord, to stand on the promise of your word. We have our hands laid one upon the other. In the name of Jesus, may sadness leave these people. May oppression leave them. Satan, your days are numbered. We've got our warrant in our hand and we've come to serve notice on you. You're trespassing on my joy. You're trespassing on my peace. You're trespassing on my daughter. You're trespassing on many of my sheep here, Satan, and I'm calling your bluff today, and I'm telling you, get back down to hell where you belong. In the name of Jesus, leave them right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We worship you, Lord God. We worship you, Lord God. Brother Donnie, why should I worship? Because you've got a right to. You've got a right to raise your, but I don't feel like it. You're not basing it upon your feeling. You're basing it upon your rights. You've got a right and an obligation to worship, to praise, to magnify the name of the Lord. Oh, blessed be the Lord Jesus. Father, we worship you today, Lord God. In your great presence, Lord. Oh, Lord, quicken us to our rights. Quicken us to our rights, Father. We love you, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We've got Brother Tim Burdett and Brother Tony with us today. I'd love for them to come and just lead us in a little bit of song and worship if they would. How many loves the Lord with all your heart? How many wants to walk out of this building today a different person than what you came in? You want your rights, you want to claim them for you and your family. Fathers, this is Father's Day. Fathers, be a godly example. Lead your home, lead your children, lead your wife into a deeper sphere with God, into a deeper presence of God. Is that what we want, fathers? to where we can be the men of the hour. It's not just the pastor's responsibility. It's not just the preacher's responsibility. It's our responsibility as men, as the head of the home, to lead our family in the way that it'll be pleasing to the Lord. Amen. God bless you, brothers. We appreciate them. Don't we come in to be with us today? You knew I wasn't going to let you get by. I tried to get out of it, but he said, I, I, I didn't call nobody, didn't text nobody. I was just hoping he'd be here. But uh, man, wasn't that great? Wow. Wow, what preaching. God's got so much for us. And all we got to do is just accept it. It's just that simple. God bless you, saints. Good to see all of you. You can be seated for a moment or two. But uh, I'm gonna let Tony do most of it because he hadn't been here in a while. So, But it sure is good to see all of y'all. Good to see the new church and everything. I'm glad to have my wife, Sister Elaine, and my mother, Sister Brenda, with me today. So... But God's good to us, ain't he? Good to be here. It's been many years since I've been able to come visit y'all. It was in the other, other church last time, and it's, it's been a while. 
But I was listening to Brother Donnie. I am a witness to what God can do. I hear that. Mm. Just give me a minute. I'll tell you why. The reason I say I'm a witness, I don't know how many of you know, and I, of course I won't tell it all now because I know. Wonderful message, brother. To the healing power, don't doubt. Please don't doubt. Quick, 1997, and I won't tell it all, just, just a quick, just something that'll help you faith. I was diagnosed with a heart condition. I don't know how many know. Some one know it, some don't. I think, Brother Darrell, I think you've shared it. Completely healed. Doctor told me I would die with it. Taking crazy amounts of medicine to keep going. And I took it because we should go to doctors. He gave them to us. But I can honestly stand here today. No heart medicine. And, and this has been, I'll never let it go. It's been in 2001 that he healed me. But I'll tell you, I had to take a stand that I didn't, didn't think I could do. But I did, brother. Not only that, several instances has happened in my life that I can, I'm a witness to. It's just, God's real, saints, I'm telling you. He's real. He is. That's why we, and, and, and there's only two sides to this thing now. There's two sides. And y'all sing that song. There's, there's only two sides to it, and you're on one of them. I'll tell you how good God is another instance. I'm in Lake City one day. I'm, I'm here in South Carolina, then I go to Lake City, South Carolina. Guy comes in, starts talking about something on the way down there, friend. I'm going to hit the highlights, Brother Donnie, and, and, I, and I'm, I'm going to sing. <laughs> I'm going to try to anyway. But just to give you something. Guy asked me three questions. I'm in Anderson, South Carolina. I take a trip with a guy. He asked me three questions. It's about church and religion. I answer him and tell him what I think. We get down to Lake City, which is down near Myrtle Beach. I always call it the McDonald's story because when we, when we get in McDonald's, I'm standing there. A fellow walks in. Old man looked to be about 90, 95 years old. He comes up. He comes up to me first, and he says, "I need to tell you something." And I said, "Okay." God's good. Yeah, I know it. I'm a witness to it. Another. Then my buddy walks out. He looks at me, and he turns around and looks at him, and he says, "No, it's not you." He was pointing at me. No, it ain't you. It's you. And I'm telling you, brother Donnie. He cut loose. He answered five hours away. He answered his questions and told him not to go put his name on the book of a church and told him we were talking about a guy smoking and the guy wanted to be delivered from it and he laughed about it. That guy told him, you go get on a stump somewhere in the woods and then go, he told him this, go back and pray for the guy with the cigarette problem and he'll be, it'll be gone. Now how did a guy look to be 90 years old, five hours away, come up and tell that guy that when it was just me and him in the truck. But I said that just to let you know, God's real, don't doubt. What are we singing? Okay, y'all know this song, y'all can help us.
I ne- think you're playing drums, brother. Brother Louis said, you want to play drums? I said, not this time. I said, I'm not a, I don't, I'm not much of a talker. Well, you can't tell it now. <laughs> but just talking about the goodness of God, I mean, I just, mm, I've been playing those things since I was six, and 20 years is a long time. <laughs> I just, I think we're going to do, uh, yeah. Who is on the Lord's side among you? Who will join and stand in the fight? Who is on the Lord's side among you? On the side of the right Now to God Is granted all the praise and glory You see because he gave his son On Calvary to die Oh and that same son gave his life on old Golgotha now tell me who is on the Lord's side tonight who is on the Lord's side among you who will join in the fight Who is on the Lord's side among you And who is on the side of the right I want to tell you something else We used to do this song in our set years ago and this song, I know you don't know that song, but it's way back in the 60s it was wrote it. I don't even know who wrote it, but I've never heard but one verse of that song, and that's the one I just sung to you. So we do it in our set, and me and Tim got to talking one day, and I said, I love the song, but I'm just not happy with the way it is. So I grabbed me a pencil, and I wrote a second verse to that song, brother. <laughs> now, I'm not a songwriter by no means, but there's a line in this song that said that God claims the victory over Satan. And I put that line in there, so I said that to say this. You're all winners in here. There's no losers in God's army. So when we sing that line, just slap the devil real good when you hear it. Here's the song. Every day we face so many trials and struggles. Oh, but don't give up Cause hope is just inside Cause you know God claims The victory over Satan Now tell me who is on The Lord's side tonight on the Lord 
song if I can remember it if I forget it y'all keep it going but I do love this song I'm, I'm sure y'all know it uh, before we do it in G to some is just an emblem a formality a symbol that's been used so frequently many blaspheme and despise though it's ancient it abides a shrine to death that stands for life to me there was a cross made for the son of God at Calvary Two pieces of rough timber on the hill Through his hands and through his feet He took the nails for you and me Angels watched as he died for the lost Though he could have walked away, he chose the cross. You see why this old emblem is so dear to me? It stood for suffering, yet it brought us peace. It bridged the gap for men. Offered cleansing for our sins It's an icon that reminds us That we're free There was a cross Made for the Son of God At Calvary Two pieces of rough timber On His hands and through his feet he took the nails for you and me angels watched as he died for the law 
could have walked away, he chose the cross. God forbid that I should ever let my memory fade, but forever keep the cross in view, cause that's where I was saved. There was a cross. Before the Son of God at Calvary Two pieces of rough timber on the hill Through His hands and through His feet He took the nails for you and me Oh, the angels watched as He died for all the lost Though we could have walked away He chose the cross Though we could have walked away He chose the cross Though we could have walked away He chose the cross There's so many. I know him better now. Yeah, here's another one. If I don't remember it, just keep it going. Try G, Well, today I found myself overwhelmed with life again. A familiar road I've walked before Just as dark as it was then But this time something's different God's peace is deep inside Oh, His strength is coming over me I'm understanding why I know Him better now Than I ever have before I know him better now And I've never loved him more There were times I walked this very road I know I had my doubts But today my faith is strong I know him better now You know him better now? So I walk the steps of grace Through tomorrow's circumstance The depths of sorrow I embrace With this newfound faith I have I haven't always trusted Or believed the way I should But I watched Him take every trial of mine And work them for my good I know him better now than I ever have before. I know him better now 
And I've never loved him more There were times I walked this very road I know I had my doubts But today my faith is strong Cause I know him better now Than I ever have before I know him better now And I've never loved him more There were times I walked this very road I know that I had my doubts But today my faith is strong Cause I know him better now I know him better now Amen. Bless y'all. I was on the mountain, wandering from the fountain. Well, when I heard my Savior speak to me, he said, to me, relented, oh, of your sins repenting. And I will lead you out so you can see. Oh, now I'm so glad he found me. Where we love he found me. He put his arms all around me. And he led me to the shed. from him no never he's the dearest friend that I've ever knew and when I see him yonder my love will still go fonder well in that happy home beyond the blue Go away. 
Second verse one, everybody saying now, said now I'm gonna love him ever. I'm gonna stray from him, no never. You see, church, he's the dearest friend this old boy has ever known. And when I see him yonder, my love will still go ponder. Well, in home somewhere beyond the blue Ooh, and I said so glad he found I know he found me love he found me yes he did he put his arms See what I would love to get a commitment from Brother Tony and, and Brother Tim. Maybe they could be here for our dedication services and sing for us some during that time. Would that be nice? We're certainly certainly looking forward to those services and gonna be a lot of folks here and we're gonna we're gonna have a time. I was back in Brother Donnie's office before service. Didn't know Brother Tim was there, but trying to talk him into singing. He was trying his best to talk his way out. And Brother Darrell was back there. He said, I'll be glad to help Brother Tony and Brother Tim sing. But I was just so afraid they'd mess Brother Darrell up. I didn't want to risk that. And so, Brother Darrell, that's why we spared you this morning, Brother. God, we love Brother Darrell Ward, don't we? God bless you, Brother. Praise the Lord. Amen. I so enjoyed the word of the Lord this morning. Wasn't it wonderful? Wasn't the word of the Lord great? Amen. Amen. Brother Donnie, we sure appreciate you, buddy, and we love you with all of our heart. Amen. Let's sing a chorus as we get ready to leave. Remember service, Lord willing, Wednesday night. We'll come back and do this again. Have you enjoyed being here? Give the Lord one more good hand clap of praise. Brother Harry is going to lead us in a little course as we leave today, so you just have a good evening in the Lord, and it's been good to be here, hasn't it? Amen.
sung this a lot since I sang it the first time. But I just I love this song. No matter what you're going through, whether it's sickness, whether it's problems at home or whatever, I think we've been here in our rights, and I, I know that there is nobody greater to help you than Jesus. I climbed the highest mountain Looked all around, couldn't find nobody I walked the deepest valley Looked all around, couldn't find nobody There's nobody greater, nobody greater, nobody greater than you, Jesus. There's nobody greater, nobody greater, nobody greater than you. I searched all over, couldn't find nobody. I looked high and low, still couldn't find nobody. There's nobody greater, nobody greater, nobody greater than you. Looked all around, couldn't find nobody. When I was in my deepest valley, looked all around, couldn't find nobody. There's nobody greater, nobody greater, nobody greater than you. There's nobody greater, nobody greater, nobody greater than you. Nobody can love me like you, Jesus. Nobody can hold me like you, Jesus. Nobody greater. Nobody can hold me like you, Jesus. Nobody can love me like you, Jesus. Nobody greater. Nobody greater, nobody 
There's nobody greater, nobody greater, nobody greater than you. There's nobody greater, nobody greater, nobody greater than you. In the town of Bethlehem, God came down to visit man. Wasn't that love? Wasn't that love? He knew pain and loneliness as he wore that robe of flesh. Wasn't that love? Wasn't that love? As he stood in Pilate's hall, he never said a word at all. Wasn't that love? Wasn't that love? He heard the mob yell, crucified, but he knew he came to die. Wasn't that love? Wasn't that love? Wasn't that love? How he lift his home above to die on Calvary just to save someone like me. Every day I'm still amazed. There's only one thing left to say Wasn't that love? Oh, wasn't that love? As he laid there in that tomb He did what he came to do Wasn't that love? Oh, what a love Oh, buddy, rose up from the grave so that we could all live today wasn't that love oh what a love wasn't that love how he lived his home above to die on calvary just to save someone like me Every day I'm still amazed There's only one thing left to say Wasn't that love? Oh, wasn't that love? Listen to this Oh, you know He laid there in that tomb 
He did what he came to do. Wasn't that love? Now, church, that's a love. But you know what? Oh, he rose up from the grave so that we could live today. Wasn't that love? Oh, what a love. Wasn't that love? How he left his home above to die on Calvary. Just to save a wretch like me And every day I'm still amazed There's only one thing left to say Wasn't that love? Oh, wasn't that love? Now every day I'm still amazed There's only one thing left to say Wasn't that love? Wasn't that love? That was love, saints. <laughs> Thank you. Lord bless you. Sing it as you go. Wasn't that love? How he left his home above to die on Calvary just to save someone like me. Every day I'm still amazed There's only one thing 